everyone. Today, I am here with Allie from Origin, a physical therapist. I'm Allie. I am a physical therapist with a background in orthopedics and sport rehab that decided to specialize in women's health and pelvic floor. So I work for Origin Physical Therapy which is a woman-owned business nationwide that is trying to change the standard of care for women. So they are trying to give access to women to get the things taken care of that are often dismissed in healthcare. And we just opened a new clinic in Carlsbad. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about what you need to know to return to high-intensity exercise or running postpartum. I personally feel like this is not really a very clear or discussed topic once you hit the six- or eight-week mark, depending on your form of delivery and your situation postpartum. But from my experience, I ran up until the day our son was born. I did boot camp, yoga, you name it. So when I was cleared to get back on the treadmill at eight weeks, I was definitely not cleared to get back on the treadmill (laughs) at eight weeks. (laughs) So I had to obviously figure out how to ease into it on my own, which I have the background, I've got certification. So I was able to figure it out. But given all of that, a lot of people don't know, right? We kind of tend to just like jump into it because we have this like, bounce back culture. So I'm going to ask you in general, (laughs) when is it safe for a mama postpartum to return to the running and the high intensity exercises? Yes. I mean, that is a big thing. And like you said, it is dependent on how active you were prior to your delivery and prior to getting pregnant. But in general, you should not be returning to this type of exercise anywhere from three to six months postpartum. And that is really only the case if you've done the groundwork and having a progressive low impact program leading up to that. And that's just because your body needs time to heal and you have to regain a lot of that strength required for those high intensity activities. It's a lot longer than people want to hear. And I would never tell anyone don't run, but maybe we need to scale it back and do a lot more foundational work before we start. I love that you said that the foundational work, right. Of just kind of building back up to that strength or one thing that always kind of pops into my head is like really building that core strength back up because you obviously lose that when you're core is expanding to make room for another little person inside of you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of women lose that mind body connection to those muscles. And it takes time to reestablish that after delivery, no matter what type of delivery you had. So given that kind of time frame, you said say three to six months. So that is a three month difference. What are some possible signs that one is ready to start doing the hit and the running? I mean, one, that you're not having any symptoms related to pelvic floor dysfunction. So you're not having any incontinence. You're not having any heavy pressure in the pelvic area or bulging. 
you're not doming in your abdomen. So if you can check all of those markers off, like, okay, I'm not having any of this stuff, I'm good. Then we're looking at strength. Can you stand on one leg? Can you hop on one leg? Can you hold a side plank for a minute or more? Those are the types of things that you kind of want to test yourself with before you put the running shoes back on. You said one word that I feel a lot of moms may not really be familiar with, doming. I think of a dome and I know what it is, but if you could just kind of explain that. Absolutely. So doming is this bulge that you get in your abdomen. A lot of people know it as diastasis recti, but usually what happens is there's a separation between your abdominal muscles, which is totally normal during pregnancy. 100% of women have that separation at time of delivery, right? The question is, is can, are those muscles coming back together and are you managing pressure in your abdomen well? If you're not managing pressure, you'll see a little bulge that comes off your abdomen. And we call that doming. And that just means that you're not managing pressure very well. And your core, it needs a little more work. Given all that information, you should take all of that into consideration. But what else should you take into consideration before beginning any sort of exercises that would fall under these two categories of jogging, running. Other things are nutrition and sleep because those really impact performance, especially if you're breastfeeding. There is a condition called relative energy deficiency in sport that's very common when women get back into high intensity exercise. And it just means that they're not fueling their bodies to the demand that they're putting them through. So those are all other things that you want to take in consideration that you're taking care of yourself because it will increase your risk of injury in any capacity. If you're super sleep deprived, I know that's hard and you're not eating enough calories. Cause I know that's the other part of it, right? Everyone's trying to get their body back or whatever, but if you're not eating enough, then you're putting your body at risk. And if you are nursing, you are definitely way more hungry and needing to eat a lot more, but then there's the challenge of being able to find the time to feed yourself because you're <laughs> right. You don't have the time to like throw anything together. It's a tough balance. And I don't have children myself, but I can only imagine I don't even get to eat lunch someday. Yeah, it is to just find the time for everything that is kind of being required of you as just a functioning human. But then now it's requiring so much more of you because you have another one that's 1000% dependent on you. So yes, time management and no sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think there's another like misconception that, okay, I'm going to go put my running shoes on and I'm going to go run for three miles. Like it doesn't have to start like that, right? You can do a walk run one minute on one minute off for five minutes. And that is the start of your running program. So I think women also just need to remember it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I love that you also mentioned that because I really try to be so, I guess I try to hit two birds with one stone. So whenever we're going out, we do a lot of walking. So I kind of count that as like the exercise and really yeah. 
power walking because you're pushing a stroller and then you're pushing a stroller, which means you're pushing weight. And so those are things that we don't really think about as exercise as moms, but it's, you, we have to like shift that thinking of like this, this is exercise. Absolutely. Or even carrying your baby around all day, getting up from a seated position to a standing position with your baby that's squatting with weight. So it's all exercise that eventually leads you to the point where you can go for a run for three miles. Given that you have all of this pelvic floor background, let's go ahead and get into all of the bladder issues that can come (laughs) with running or if a mom is having issues with her pelvic floor, which, you know, you kind of tend to think bladder issues. What are some possible causes that I guess this is definitely falls under a pelvic floor therapist. Absolutely. We deal, you know, we call it stress incontinence is the term when there's leaking with any type of activity or sneezing, coughing is a big one. And what that means is that your pelvic floor is not handling the internal pressure all that well. So when you think of running, you're hitting the ground with impact step after step. And your pelvic floor is trying to function to support your organs, help you breathe and hold that continence, hold that urine in. And it could be that it's too tight. It could be that it's too weak, or it could be a coordination issue that you're not coordinating the activity of your pelvic floor with that impact. And so you end up with leaking. But it's really hard to know exactly what's going on without being examined by a a pelvic floor therapist, because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm leaking. It means my pelvic floor is weak. That is not necessarily the case. In a lot of cases, it could be that it's overactive. Well, and yeah, there's a lot of changes that occur after having created a human and giving life to that human. So yes, obviously like your insides, there's a lot of movement. (laughs) There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of change and it takes time to adjust and adapt and kind of learn how to use all of those muscles again. So for anyone listening, all of the leaking can be fixed. Just go see a pelvic floor therapist for support. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's the big thing that we say. A lot of moms are like, yeah, I leak. It's totally normal. It's like, well, it's common. I wouldn't call it normal. And it's not something that you have to live with. There's definitely things to do to be able to make sure that you don't do that anymore. Yeah. You definitely hear that a lot. Yeah. The, the, oh, it's normal. It's normal. Well, it doesn't sound like it should be normal. But so with all of that, what are some possible concerns that one should have? if they begin to run too soon after having had their baby or babies? Yes. Big one is bleeding. If you go for a run and you start when you notice spotting or bleeding, that is cause for concern. Any type of incontinence could be urinary or fecal is also cause for concern and take a step back. The heaviness too is a big one or any feeling of bulging because that could be possibly indicative of a prolapse, which is another big concern when you're starting to do these like higher impact activities. And then the doming that we talked about earlier, 
those are all signs where if you're having any of that, then you might not be ready to do exactly what you want at that time. And you just need to scale it back a little. Doesn't mean stop. It just means scale back. And always walk until you get to and that running always point. Walk. Walking is so underrated, I think. I love walking. It's so great. And here in San Diego, we have so many hills and stuff that I think that you can get a lot out of just walking. And we're right on the ocean. There's so many beautiful trails. You have views of the gorgeous water, the fresh air, the sea salt. I love the smell of the sea salt. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So yes, I agree. I feel like walking is underrated, but I do it a lot every day, actually. (laughs) Same. Well, I have a dog, so he definitely, he gets upset if I don't take him out. Yeah, we've got two of those. So <laughs> every day with my, and it's also stimulating for kids. So it's really like, a, like I said, two birds with one stone. It gets them tired and gets you tired. Absolutely. And your pelvic floor has to work while you're walking. So walking in itself is pelvic floor strengthening. See, like, there you go. Great info for moms to know. Yes. <laughs> Until you get to the next level. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, finally, my last question, do you have any other tips, suggestions, or recommendations or anything that would be so good and helpful for moms to know about pelvic floor, pelvic floor therapy, how they can get help? So the company I work for, Origin, has an amazing website with all kinds of resources and blog posts about returning to exercise, returning to running, all different kinds of things for tips and tricks. So, and their Instagram too is a great resource. And if you find yourself with any of these issues or you want to, you don't have any issues, but you want a graded program getting back into whatever, whatever activity you love, go see a pelvic floor therapist. They are going to be the ones that are qualified to help you reach your goals in a safe manner. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time and walking us through this because it really isn't an easy thing to do to just kind of figure out on your own how to get back into something like this. And especially if you are having pelvic floor issues, right? Like you just, you don't know. (laughs) You don't know. And I mean, a lot of it too, people are uncomfortable talking about, but I think there is knowledge and conversation and power. And the more we share, the more we can get it fixed. And also I am, I know that some moms may think that if you have a C-section doesn't really affect your pelvic floor and that is not the case, correct? Oh, that is not the case. So absolutely. (laughs) Basically, if you've ever carried a child, you can always go see a pelvic floor therapist. Oh, yes. Because even with C-sections and returning to running, I mean, your pelvic floor is definitely impacted, but then we're talking about scar mobility and, you know, the abdominal wall is a part of your core and your pelvic floor. So all of that is impacted when we exercise. Yeah, I had one. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, (laughs) and finally, my other uh, comment I will go ahead and link those blogs in the show notes and people can find any of those blog articles. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time and sharing everything. Of course. My pleasure.